Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Lo mejor, lo más impactante está por venir en Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univision. As parents, one of our main concerns is to help our children succeed in all they do. Sometimes when our children struggle, we have a hard time accepting the issue or knowing where to find the right type of help. Why is it so hard for some of us to say, SOS, we need help helping our children? Today, we talk to Dr. Dawn Mays, school psychologist, and get her advice on how we could identify an issue and then tackle it the best way possible. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, We're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I know you had a tough week. Had a very um, tough week. But everyone, welcome to Motherish Moments. Yes, hi everyone. We're actually recording late at night, which I kind of love. It's a different kind of mood. You know what? There's a bottle of wine there that we should probably We're open. definitely going to open that tonight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know you had a tough week. Um, you want to start with your motherish moment? Yes. My motherish moment is um, just a nice, you know, PSA. Wash your hands as if the pandemic didn't teach us this enough. There's like more to that, right? Victoria got a really gnarly stomach bug. And imagine like it's been six days and she's still not back to normal yet. And in the process of those six days, she has lost almost four pounds, which is a lot because she definitely only weighed 32 pounds and now she's back to under 30. And you were in the ER, right? And we went to the ER because we were worried about her dehydration. It's been really hard. It also mixed in with like my nanny not feeling well and being out for almost the whole week. And then obviously work. And Juan also had like a really busy week with work where like some external partners were here. And so he had like dinners and it was just hard, you know? I have a whole yeah, other... Yeah, when little ones get sick, it's so hard. Like, yeah, it, it's, and it's the worst. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I hate seeing her sick. It makes me feel a little bit fragile in a way that I don't feel comfortable with. But yeah, so my mother moment is wash your damn hands well you're kind of like getting out of it right it's yes it's, you see the light at the end yes. of the tunnel so that's great yes. she's feeling better she is her attitude is back so that's always good <laughs> that's always a good sign okay so my motherish moment of the week i think i spoke this a little bit before so ford had a speech therapist who had advised me that he didn't need speech therapy at this point but if I wanted to accelerate him a little bit that he could find me a spot so he was able to find me a spot and he's been amazing and I love him as a person he's been great and so patient with Ford and I just love the relationship that they have formed but then he told me listen I have students who need 
therapy more than for those. So I need to open up my schedule. So I'm going to have to go ahead and drop him. And I'm going to go ahead and recommend someone else. So Mm -hmm. the new speech therapist just started this week. Okay. I didn't get a chance to meet her, but I got great feedback from her. And again, I don't know if it's just like what it is, but he's about to turn two. And out of nowhere, he's saying all these new words. That's great. Yeah. And it gets me so happy every time, you know, he's saying blue. I know. And they've always told me because I've gotten him tested a few times that like you have nothing to worry about. And again, I had Victoria, Miss Little Chatterbox, who at a year and a half was like literally recording audio for us. And she's in the opening (laughs) of uh, our podcast. So that was really like the most concrete point of reference that I had. So of course, at a year and a half, when he really wasn't saying much, I really became concerned and I kept getting him tested and everyone was like, he's fine. He understands everything. You don't need to worry about it right now. But for some reason, I just wouldn't let it go. Right? Anyway, so I'm just excited that he is, I mean, he's always been very expressive, but I feel like the last week and a half, Mm -hmm. it's been like a huge approval in the amount of words that he's saying. I told you, right? I had a dream about him and he he was in my dream and I was like taking care of him for a while in my dream and he was talking a lot in my dream and I haven't seen him in a while but in my dream he was talking a lot so like I don't know I feel like very connected to Ford right okay, now. Okay good. Yeah, good. It just shows you how sometimes we stress things so much and yeah, no, there's it no just need. they happen when they need to happen but I think it is good for me to have been so proactive about it It's good, to and I conscious. don't feel bad that yeah. I was so well intense about it I guess right, that's right. the word so we're gonna go ahead and welcome and ask our guest today we have a guest today I love when we have experts yes She's Dawn, a true expert. and Dawn is near and dear to my heart so Dawn will you share your motherish moment with us oh my god the pressure of expert yikes um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah my motherish moment well my child is 21 so <laughs> he's I don't still have your baby anymore <laughs> he is. He is definitely my baby. So I go grocery shopping still for my baby. I know I shouldn't, but Love I do. You. So I get him groceries. I get me groceries. And he has his own living quarters with a fridge and everything. You know, my stuff is usually safe. But it never fails that on a day like today where I'm rushing, I have so much to do. I had a meeting at work and it took way longer than I thought it would. So I get home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat my last piece of toast and I've got cheese, right? And I'm just going to have a quick piece of cheese toast and hop on and get set up for this podcast. And I get home and my toast and my bread is gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So my mother's moment is hide your stuff, (laughs) hide your food, hide your snacks, hide anything that you want to have, you know, in a pinch, just hide it because they will come home and eat it like locusts. So let's welcome our guest today. She is Dr. Dawn Mace. She has over 20 years of experience as a school psychologist. She has a B in psychology, MMS in counseling, and of course, her doctorate in clinical psychology. She's a credentialed school psychologist, and she's been helping families of different backgrounds for many, many years. And today with our topic, which is SOS, helping our children help themselves. I think it's important to kind of get the psychology behind. Why is it so hard, Dr. Mays, for parents at first to accept if there is an issue with your children? Oh, wow. You know, I think that parents often see themselves in their children and we do so much for our kids and we want to make sure that we're doing everything right. And so if there's anything wrong, it's so quick and easy for us to think that we've done something wrong. And so that there's, you know, a little bit of guilt that we have if something's wrong. And it's like, no, sometimes things just 
just happen. So we have to be okay with that, but it's hard to face that. We feel like we can control everything. And if we do everything right, our child will be perfect and everything will go the way we think. And so when that doesn't happen, then we get scared. And that's like totally normal. I feel like I've heard this a lot, especially from moms of younger children. I don't know. I feel like you're often predisposed to be like, wait a minute, what if like this might be autism or this might be like in your case that you're concerned about a speech delay and like, like our heads are always full of this stuff. A, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why we have this all the time. I guess we should probably start to like unpack what are real like signs that should be and when in general for different sort of, you know, difficulties and challenges that our children could have. New moms, we're super duper aware. We're paying so much attention. We read a lot. We have our books open with all of the developmental milestones. Mm. Like, where should my baby be? We're like on it, right? And then we see things that don't kind of line up. We have like our mommy and me friends. Like you guys even said, Pamela, you were looking at Victoria and going, oh my gosh, Victoria's like doing this. And what is my child doing? Well, they're not quite doing that. Does that mean there's something wrong? So the wonderful thing about development is that it is a spectrum as well. It's a span. And though, you know, while one child might be doing this at a high level, your child might be doing something else at a high level. And so that early, early development, we do want to make sure our child is hitting the marks. But if you look, the marks are like two to three months usually. And that is so important to allow your child to have that natural time to develop because our brains are all different, especially baby brains. Those things are like amazing. Like you said, he wasn't doing that last week. And then, oh my God, this week he's doing like all of this language, this burst of language happens. And that is so normal. So it's super important to definitely watch to make sure they're hitting the marks, but not to stress out and freak ourselves out when the mark doesn't match the other children because everybody has a different development for different things. Those well baby visits are huge. Make sure you're getting those in and talking about the things that you feel aren't happening and watching closely for the, you know, if it happens within that first, that next week or two or three, because most likely it's coming, but we also want to be prepared when it doesn't happen, when they don't hit the mark, because that too is super key to making sure we get the proper interventions in. Early intervention is does amazing things. It's so true what you mentioned at the beginning, doctor, about fear or guilt kind of paralyzing you and saying, okay, but I did everything right, right? Like in my case, I was like, but I talked to him in the belly, but I narrated everything, but I talked to him so much, but I explained everything with detail to him, like everything that the book said to do. I was like, he's going to be a talker. I'm a talker. He will be a talker. It will be fine. And he's such a smart child. And he's so, um, I want to say advanced, I think in everything else, like physically, he's a big child, like everything is fine. And again, when I got him tested, he's like, this child does understands everything, follows instructions. Actually, one of the test evaluations that I did was to kind of qualify for a program. They're like, I'm sorry, he does not qualify. Like this child does not need any help, which is a good thing at that point. But it is so true when you question yourself as to like, it is a reflection that I fail in some way, you know, and like, how do you get over accepting the fact that it wasn't me? It wasn't something that I did or did not do. This is just like something that's 
happening. And it's happening at a time that I guess is supposed to happen in my case. How do you deal with, you know, a moment where there is an issue? Am I supposed to say issue? I feel like that's not the right word to say. A concern. A concern. A concern. So let's say that there is a concern. What are some of the things that you tell parents? Because I think, you know, for any moms that are listening that maybe do have an identified concern or something with their child, what are some, you know, words of direction, of advice? Yeah, I think for both for the mom and also when it's time for the mom to communicate to their family members. I think a lot of my, some of my friends who had some concerns with their children, actually one of them, one of my best friends was like, when I had to tell my husband and have that conversation, he was in complete denial. He did not want to accept. He's like, no, 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 he'll be fine. Just let him be. He's like, no, like he's this age. He's not recognized the colors yeah. the teacher just told me like he's gonna need extra work and she really hit a you know a bump in the road until finally he was able to accept the concern at this point and then they were able to work together as a team but you know what are some directions that you give to the mom accepting it and also how to communicate it going forward wow that's really a challenging one having two parents be on the same page at the same time that's rare <laughs> it rarely it really? happens there's usually it is I work in middle school right now and having to bring one parent along is, has always been a challenge. So generally having both parents present at those doctor appointments is huge, especially when one is seeing something, because a lot of times we do tend to see each other differently when we're in our loving relationship. Like you'll be like, you're always worried. And it's like, well, you're never worried enough. And so to avoid those combative moments, so to speak, I would say, let's both go to this meeting then because I am worried and I just want to make sure like we're doing what we need to do. And that way it takes the pressure off of you as the mom or the wife or the girlfriend um, and trying to convince you know, your significant other, your husband, the child's dad, to convince them that something's wrong and that this really is just coming from a place of let's both get prepared in case we need to do something. And they usually tend to do better when they're hearing it from an expert or somebody that... Yeah, like having a third person, neutral person kind of intervene or kind of mediate. That really is important. Both of you getting in the room at the same time and asking those questions. A lot of times my parents see completely different things. And even that's information for me to be able to navigate like what actually is happening with the child when I'm working with a child, you know, being able to say, oh, well, dad is getting this, mom's getting that. So make sure you both get in and have these conversations with the therapist or the doctor, whoever it is that you're working with to get that solid foundation of what's happening with the child. Are there some concerns that are more common than others? So for example, I feel like, especially now with like, social media and stuff, it's really hard because you're constantly being bombarded with information. And a lot of that information I feel like falls into like, the one I hear about the most is like autism. I hear a lot about like ADHD. I hear a lot about speech delays. Is there one that you think is like more overwhelmingly common than others? Language development is one of the more common ones that occurs that we notice first. But um, autism tends to happen in about one out of 45 children. It's not that prevalent, but it's starting to grow. So one in 45 kids will develop autism. Signs are noticed as early as six months old. Between six, six to nine months old, parents can actually start to see signs of autism. They may not know what they're seeing, but if they're meeting 
like I said, with their um, doctors regularly. Yeah, meeting with the pediatrician. Then they can start to say, hey, should my baby be doing this? And even the doctor is looking for that engagement. What is a child doing with the mom? We're looking at, we, I'm not a doctor that way, but they are looking at what's the engagement like between mom and child? What's the attachment like? Do they have a healthy, secure attachment? Uh, is the child insecurely attached to the parent? Um, Wait, what is does the that parent mean? Going through? What does that mean? What is insecurely attached? Is it like my kid's with me, but I'm feeling insecure today? Like, I don't, what does that mean? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah, we're looking for, let's say um, a stranger comes into the room. Can the baby go to the stranger with the mom right here? And, you know, the baby might still be looking at mom, but they're not completely panicked. They're okay. They can like explore like, huh? They're looking at the doctor like, who are you? I'm okay because mom's right there. Yeah, I can deal with this. Mom is a safe place. I'm still okay. And then they can go back to mom and still be soothed if they're uncomfortable. Like being uncomfortable is totally normal because this is a stranger. So if the baby cries, that's actually normal. Can mom soothe the baby afterwards? An insecure attachment is I'm not really sure about you and mom is here, but I don't even know if mom's quite that safe of a place to land. And so an insecure attachment might happen when mom gives the baby to the pediatrician. The pediatrician takes the baby, the baby freaks out, and then the pediatrician goes, here, mom, and the baby's still freaking out. So they're not even sure where this safe space is. That's when we have an insecure attachment. And that could be a sign of autism an early, early sign of autism, but there's so many. So we don't want to latch onto just one. Yes, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Have Let's to be, be really... clear here. <laughs> yes, we need several signs. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados o con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor... Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante... ¿Por qué? Soy tu padre. Esta mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en... ¡Pablo! ¡Entendiste! Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso sí que amerita un brindis, ¿no crees? Doctor, what advice do you have for moms? I always go back to the family and first of all, the generational, I think, gap and ways of thinking differently yeah. with grandparents or like, you know, aunt or yeah, uncles. Especially Latino. Yeah, and also the cultural factor, right? Like I think culturally, sometimes it's harder for grandparents or aunts and uncles. And I, I, again, I've seen it in other families where they're like, no, 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 the baby's fine. It's fine. Just yeah. leave him alone. Let him be. You know, like I think it's sometimes it's a little bit of a struggle trying to get the whole whole team and the whole family to be on the same boat and kind of row the same way for the betterment of the child. The thing about development, it is a slow road. And so early on, babies look so much alike. 
but as they get older, we start to see the gap. And so just having those gentle conversations with the close circle, like your grandparents, your mom, having those close conversations with them and saying, you know, we're starting to look at this. We're actually getting interventions for this helping them to understand that there's a lot of support out there and the earlier we intervene, the more growth we see faster. And so those gaps of differences start to actually close. They may not even see it because you've already intervened early. So just letting them know, like, I'm actually doing these things to help my child do better and to be able to communicate like the other five-year-olds when they finally enter school um, and to be able to have that language development at five years old, you know, and then they usually come along. But the idea is that you intervene early so you don't even have to have these, you know, have this actually play out into a space where the child really isn't functioning where they should be. Early intervention is amazing. And even like um, when we talk about concerns and, you know, concerns that we have with children, there's actually even like moms who have to struggle with like behavioral right problems yes. so it's not even like anything that has to do with like a development i think it's more and i think maybe those are harder because it is a little bit more i don't know if it's i feel like some of these moms struggle with embarrassment or like the guilt of like is this a reflection of the way that i'm disciplining my child or raising my child so i think maybe those concerns are probably harder for moms to navigate through right like okay i need to get help for the way that my child's behaving i think is also a concern that's probably harder to process what about so let's say that my child is diagnosed with autism, right? I feel like people are very quick to jump to conclusions in terms of what does that mean or what are the different ways that that could look like for their future as an adult. Could you maybe go into a little bit of what the spectrum looks like as they grow, as they continue to mature and become adults, right? I think we get lost in what a stereotype is and we don't realize that there's a wide spectrum and it evolves and it can turn into something that we may think may not even notice in the future. Yeah, I feel like we need like two sessions for this <laughs> because it, it's such a broad spectrum. You can have a child and now we're, we're talking about older children. So as you're older, now we have language and now we have some type of communication where we can actually reciprocate in a conversation. Like I can ask about you, you can ask about me, we can talk about shared um, situations, um, experiences. So within that spectrum, you have super high functioning children that are on the spectrum. They have like maybe some difficulties navigating like humor or sadness. Like, I don't know when you're feeling sad. I don't read that. They may have difficulties reading emotional um, or social cues. So that's something that could definitely impact like how they're going to play with other kids as they get older and how kids will receive them at school. But they have language skills. These kids tend to be highly intellectual. They tend to have very specialized interests. And there's a possibility for them to find other kids that have the same types of specialized interests. Video games right now for my middle schoolers like is off the chain. But they do find other kids that love the same thing. But they don't always tend to be able to move away into other interests. You know, like somebody shows up and they're like, well, I don't like that video game. I like this one. Yeah, that's going to blow up. 
<laughs> it's going to be a big fight and my game's better than yours and I don't even know why you like that game. But we have interventions, again, I can't stress interventions, social interventions, being able to tolerate what other people like. So these are things that you can do to help your child learn skills to be able to work in a like a collaborative model or a collaborative group and then moving that into like high school and then into college and then into a workforce there's ways to build that skill with doing speech therapy with doing social skills groups so these are all types of things that we do at school occupational therapy is huge to help build resiliency when your world is changing and you're just not ready to accept all these changes. So it's a gradual, gradual step in training. Um, there's so much support out there. Those are the tools that you can use to help get your child ready. But those are the things that you'll also be combating against along the journey because it isn't, it's a bumpy road. <laughs> but this is what I do for a living. I'm always there to help my parents, you know, navigate that bumpy road. And you're going to feel guilty and you're going to feel bad. If you've got, you know, you're reaching out to the school district, you're reaching out to, for us, it's regional center. I think in your state, it's early steps, I believe. Okay, so these programs have all of those tools available at each developmental stage that a child might be in. And I can't stress the spectrum because you can have a completely nonverbal child at five and you can have a completely verbal child at five and both of them meet ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder. So they're going to need completely different levels and stages of, of support in order to get them, you know, moving along and growing. Do you find it hard for moms to take that initial step? Like even just like getting evaluated. I feel like sometimes mm -hmm. people just, just rather not know, right? Like whatever. Oh my God. I feel yes. like so what has been your experience in terms of like, why do moms sometimes delay getting the help? People would run out of the office like, I don't ever want to see you again. What do you mean autism? And this was uh, like preschool. And again, it doesn't have to be autism. Gender. I mean, we're kind of making yeah. it seems like oh. any concern that affects your child's, mm -hmm. you know, psychologically, right? Like there's so yeah. many things that you need to seek some psychological help for your child for whatever it may be. Even anxiety. I feel like sometimes children have anxiety to be separated from their parents. And, you know, it gets to a point where like, I mean, I know a child that like he cries so much that it's like it can't be normal for mm -hmm. that intense of like anxiety and fear at that young age, right? So I feel like even those things should be addressed as well. I mean, yeah, these are behaviors. Something is going on. Something is different for this child than what is typical of other kids this age, right? I mean, there's so many different things out there that could be a factor in why a child is under such distress. But you were saying that some moms are just like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to know, like... Yeah, it's true. Sometimes they're like, nope, my child is fine. You're just looking because... That's what you do. And it's like, no, I don't want to diagnose. I would love not to. That's like the last thing I want to do is label a child. So we try all kinds of other things. We do. We rule out. We actually rule out things. We're not ruling in. We're trying to say, wow. nope, it's not that. Nope, it's not that. So loads and loads of observations. And your support system's huge. If it's just a friend, you know, some of us have bigger support systems. Some of us have smaller ones. We want to talk to parents at school, getting support groups if possible. Mommy and me groups are huge. And that way you can talk to each other. And finding somebody that you trust is really, really important. Being able to, to trust. And a, a lot of times it's hard for parents to trust the school because we're usually the first ones 
to see something. So I always say, get a second opinion. Even with me, I'm like, you should get a second opinion because I could be biased. We could be biased. This is what we do, you know? So yeah, but it's true what you said about ruling out because Karen mentioned this at the beginning about the overwhelmingly amount of information that we have access to now. It's like the WebMD, right? Like once you Google something, (laughs) you're like, that's it. You're dying like twice a year at least. I know. And the same thing happens (laughs) with children. Once you start Googling certain behaviors or what they're doing, it could be a really scary web of information that you fall into. Especially in the middle of the night. I yeah. I mean, Victoria like, was crying about like leg pain and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And she was like crying, crying three, four in the morning. Like my legs hurt. My legs hurt. Give me medicine, whatever. I Googled and I was like, oh my God, don't Google at 4 a.m. Like, like I was like, that's it. It was so scary. But like, I have something related to this, which is like, I'm curious as to your opinion as a doctor and as a person in the field. So TikTok, now is the place where, among other things, like funky dances and trendy songs and cool young kids wearing clothes from our generation pretending that it's new. So there's other things like a lot of doctors saying like, here are five signs of women with ADHD. Oh my God, are you getting that too? Yes. And so it's everywhere. And so now I'm like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I like watch a TikTok video and I'm like, oh my God, I have ADHD. Like, first of all, are you aware of this? This is like a crazy situation. I find it like, set the alarms. Like this is dangerous, right? I know a lot of people that are like, oh my God, I think I might have this disorder now because I saw an entire feed of TikToks that are basically telling me like, you know, I have this. So I'm just curious, like, TikTok doctor. (laughs) No. Can we talk about ADHD in women though? Like, have you read about this? Like, are we concerned? I can't imagine. My parents would have never gotten me checked out for anything because they're like, we're just trying to survive here. Like, you know? Yeah. And so nobody did back in the day. What if you're an adult? Right. The the argument I think here is like, is there more (laughs) cases of children with you know, a disability or autism or whatever it may be because there's more information available. Oh my goodness. Pandora's box, right? Yes. Like I looked it up. Now, do you have this? Cause I see signs. Yeah. It's so tricky because we're human. We have human nature. We're anxious. We're depressed. We have moments of all of these emotions, right? So, but at what point is it like a diagnosable condition? So I say, if it is impeding your everyday existence, that you cannot do the normal things that That most people do, yes, then it is diagnosable. I told but, Juan, I was like, go get checked out. I think you have ADHD. <laughs> Poor Juan is like washing the dishes and he's like, leave me alone. And He's I get like, it. By no means are we giving medical no, advice. We no, want no, everyone no. to talk yeah. to their no, doctor no. directly. But poor um, one, he's like mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, be a good husband and no, everything. No, but that's good like, advice, Dr. Mace. If it's affecting your day-to-day, right? Like if it's becoming that's, an obstacle really for good. you to function yeah. a normal way, then yes, yes, go ahead and have it checked out. Yeah. But we're going to be sad. We're going to lose focus. We're human. It happens. Human. Okay. <laughs> You're human, But that's the thing we forget. We're like, and I think this more so happens with moms. There was something I posted the other day about like inspirational quote on Instagram about how like we're mothers, we're made to stretch, blah, blah, blah. And yes, it's beautiful. But also I'm like, reminder, like we don't always need to be stretching because like it's hard. But in those moments, we're Mm going to feel depressed. We're going to feel anxiety. We're going to feel sad. We're going to feel badass for a moment. Like all of those things 
Good reminder, Don. It's normal. We're all okay. Yes. It's human to feel all of those emotions. We have those emotions to be felt. We can't be happy all the time because that is false. And that is setting ourselves up for failure and giving our children the wrong impression and not teaching them any coping skills. So they need to see us at every state of that. They need to see us anxious. They need to see us sad. They need to see us cry. They need to see us happy. They need to see all of it so that they know how to handle all of it when it hits them. That was gold. I love that. That It's true. We have to expose them to all these feelings. I know Dawn personally. Okay, now I'm just going to be like fully transparent (laughs) here. Like I know Dawn personally because she's basically a tia of mine officially. (laughs) But like I love hearing her talk. It is so so like her voice. And she's got this like little, you know, sensual vibe of her. I'm just like, Dawn, yeah, tell me more. We have (laughs) feelings. To close off Dawn, Dr. Mace, what would you say is the hardest part of your job and the most fulfilling part Mm -hmm. of being a school psychologist? Wow, deep questions. Oh my gosh. I think the hardest part of my job is not being able to reach everybody because it's really intense right now coming out of COVID. The need, it has escalated beyond anything I've ever dealt with. And that is really hard because, you know, you try not, we try to compartmentalize, but no, you need to feel all of those feelings too. So being able to feel the sadness when I can't reach everybody, but the most feeling part is when parents like actually come back and they're like, oh my gosh, you really helped me. Thank you. Because we don't always know the kids come in and then they go off into the world and we don't know when they do come back and let us know that what we did for them was really helpful, that they appreciated our team. I work with a team that they really appreciated our team. And those are the most fulfilling. And this having a child come in and like crack up in your office is also, which happens at least once a week. But those are some moments that are really fulfilling for me and keep me going, keep me motivated. I love that. So lessons that I took from this conversation, intervention. Early intervention. Yes. And also finding someone that you trust. I think for me, the mommy and me classes, you know, we were, we all had pandemic babies in my group. So we had to proactively form these mommy and me groups. It wasn't like the, I guess, normal setting where you go out and you kind of do these mommy and me classes. We had to proactively form these groups. And for me, it was very helpful to have that close relationship with other moms with babies the same age as my son. So I love that. I love that advice too, to just kind of find your your safe space and your support system. Thank you so much, Dawn. It was really great having you here on Motherish. Thank, Thank you, you Dr. Mays. Thank you guys Mays. for having me. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor. Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante. ¿Por qué? Soy tu madre. Esta mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en. ¡Pablo! ¡Entendiste! Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso. Sí que amerita un brindis, ¿no crees?